Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company offer flexible budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Welcome to Mentally Yours, Metro.co.uk's weekly podcast about all things mental health. I'm Ellen. And I'm Yvette. And today we're going to be chatting to Blake Auden. He's a poet and also a big Instagram person. So we're going to be chatting to him about all things poetry, also anxiety, and life online. So, Blake Auden, welcome to Mentally Yours. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you very much for having me. Poetry. I'm very excited to be talking about poetry. I feel like I haven't, I haven't been reading enough poetry. But anyway, tell us about yours and um, sort of when you started writing yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, I, I started writing when I was quite young. My my father's in the military, um, so I, I grew up with war poetry, um, and I, I just became utterly fascinated by it, by its ability to convey sort of really strong and, and deep emotions. Um, so I've been reading it and, and dabbling for 20, oh, I'm older than that, 30 years. And But I've I've only been really taking it seriously for about two years. Um, I set up my Instagram account, what was it, uh, February 2019, um, and, and that's when I, I sort of really started trying to make it my career. What kind of reaction have you had on Instagram and in general in the world to your poetry? It's been um, really surprising, if I'm honest. I, you know, I suppose you never, you start these things in the hope that, that other people will enjoy them. Um, and that maybe you'll get some readers or or some nice comments, but I've I've been completely blown away by by how people have responded to it. People say to me all the time that that my poetry helps them to process their own emotions, um, their own mental health issues, heartbreak, loss, and you know that every time I hear it, it, it means the absolute world to me. So I think I've been very lucky in that regard. Does writing the poems in the first place to help you um, deal with uh, mental health stuff or just generally kind of the, the trauma that's going on at the moment? Yeah, I, th- I think it does. I mean, there's there's a certain there's certainly a catharsis about about writing. I think it's about 
sort of organ it forces you to organize your emotions and kind of give them a ground to to stand on um and and i think that that process helps you come to terms with you know what you might be experiencing or the, or the state of the world at the moment or whatever it might be um but for me the the real sort of i suppose the real payoff is is seeing other people react to it um particularly people who feel like they can't vocalize how they're feeling or they struggle to talk about it um or just that they you know they can't put it into words they often tell me that i'm doing that for them and and for me that it almost makes it feel like whatever i go through it's worth it because i know i'll be able to turn it into something that helps someone else can we talk a bit about your own experiences of mental health because i know that you've kind of spoken a bit about your experience of anxiety when did sure. anxiety kind of start for you and what what does that mean for you so i have been anxious to some degree i mean most of my life when i was a kid i remember um and i think a lot of this comes from having a, a, a dad in the military um but i used to worry incessantly if you know if my mum was late from to pick me up from the childminders or from school I would immediately start thinking, oh, she must have been in a car crash or or something awful has happened. Um, I remember at a, a really young age, uh, I must have been, I don't know, seven or eight. Um, when I was in bed, if I <clears throat> if I heard the front door, I would assume that must be my, my parents leaving, uh, you know, to, to run away or something. So it, I, I've always had, a, you know, that kind of, I've always worried uh, probably unnecessarily or more than an average kid should do um but as an adult um probably in the last 10 years it's gotten progressively worse um to the point where i get anxious about nothing or seemingly nothing you know i I can't put a finger on on what it is that might be causing it so it's been something i've I've struggled with for for a really long time now so what have you found that sort of helps um in dealing with your anxiety so, I mean, writing is certainly one of them. Art in general, I'm a, a musician as well. I have a degree in music. So I've always turned to to the arts to, you know, to try and make sense of this stuff. But otherwise, I've I've tried everything. I've, I've been to therapy, which um, didn't help necessarily in lessening the anxiety, but it did help me understand the root cause of it um, and, and where these things might have come from, which was... I mean, it was fascinating, if nothing else. Um, and I, I meditate every day. That's that's really helpful. Um, breathing exercises, all, all this kind of stuff. But I think for me, the really big change came. So I noticed probably two years ago that anxiety was slowly taking lots of things away from me. So I stopped performing music. Um, I, I, you know, I would socialize less and less. Um, I didn't. I hadn't been on holiday for about fifteen years at that point, um, and I was I was essentially just spending every day in the house, too too scared of a panic attack to to go and do anything. Um, but I found that the anxiety just finds new things to make you anxious about. If you if you remove, or this is certainly in my experience, if I removed the trigger, it would just get replaced by something else. So suddenly watching films would make me anxious, whereas it didn't before. Um, So I thought, you know what, if it's going to make me anxious anyway, 
then I may as well just do what I want. So I started I started writing about it and I, I characterize anxiety as a wolf uh, in my writing, something that you know stalks me. So I got a wolf tattooed quite large on the back of my left hand where I can see it every day. And that kind of reminds me that, you know what, enough is enough. I'm just going to do the things. And if, if it makes me anxious, it makes me anxious. If I have a panic attack, I have a panic attack. There's very little I can do about it. So I'm just going to get on and, and live my life. And oddly enough, that has, has really helped. The last two years have been much better. Were you all nervous to kind of express quite kind of heavy emotions in the form of poetry? Does that feel quite vulnerable? Yeah, hugely. Um, you know, when I started it, it, I mean, it made me anxious, but I thought it's going to, it's going to make me anxious anyway. So one of the things I, I read a huge amount of poetry and one of the things that, well, pretty much the only thing that I really connect with is when I feel that the writer is being honest or when they're being vulnerable um, and you can feel it. You can, you know, that, that sort of genuine emotion is, is I think impossible to fake. So I thought if I'm going to do this, I'm just going to be honest from the beginning about the things that I feel. Um, and I think, or I like to think that maybe that's what people are connecting with when, when they follow me or when they buy my book or, you know, when they enjoy my work. One thing that I sort of picked up on when you were sort of saying earlier about your childhood, I think that's, I, thought, I think that's really great actually that you're sort of saying about anxiety in childhood, just because I think a lot of people still have this idea that childhood is this sort of rosy wonderful time where everything's perfect I mean some people realize it's not and I guess on this podcast listeners sort of know about childhood trauma we've covered all kinds of different things I think it's really important isn't it to sort of realize that children can have mental health issues they can have sort of struggles like that absolutely um I you know if I'm if I'm completely honest it was only when I went to through the process of therapy that I really realized that my childhood was unusual I guess um you know I I went through things in my childhood that that were not normal for for someone of my age to have to deal with um you know I was aware of of concepts like death from an extremely young age and I, I guess looking back on it now that makes sense and I can see that but for a long time I didn't realize there was anything unusual about it my I still think of my childhood as being very happy you know I've got a a family around me that are just amazing they're the most incredible family I was about to say I've ever had or I ever will have um you know so I consider myself extremely lucky but I think you're right it's really important that that people are aware that that that's you know that's a real thing and that it can have an impact your entire adult life I think what you're saying as well about not realizing until until therapy will ring very true it definitely does for me in terms of like Oh, I thought that was just a normal thing that all kids worried about. Like, I thought we all couldn't sleep because we were terrified of like bad things happening. Absolutely. And then you realize like, wait a minute, <laughs> that's not yeah. quite true. That's exactly it. That's exactly the experience I had of, of someone else going, yeah, that's not normal. Not <laughs> <laughs> Most people don't experience that. And you're going, oh, oh, OK. I, th- I thought everyone had that. So, yeah, I, I think you're absolutely right. How have you been able to kind of process that? Because I know you said that you didn't find therapy especially helpful. I think I think it's I didn't find that therapy lessened, I guess, what I would refer to as the symptoms. Mm. So I, I was still having panic attacks as often. 
Um, I was still feeling anxious every day, maybe even more because I was so sort of focused on it. Um, but I, I did find it, I just found it fascinating, I think is the word mm. I, I always come back to. it. I just, it was so interesting and it made me piece together things that I'd never thought about before and thought, okay, that's probably why, you know, I have this thing, I, I, leaving England terrifies me. Um, and the therapist pointed out that, well, you know, <clears throat> the most important male role model in your life was going off to places, foreign places where you you knew they were in danger and they may not come back. So you probably internalized that as leaving England is is something to be afraid of. And it made me go, that makes that makes a huge amount of sense. I'd never thought about it like that. Didn't help. It didn't make it, you know, make me feel any less anxious about getting on a plane, but at least I know why it's happening. Yeah, it's less, I feel like therapy is less of a fix and more of a like self-discovery sometimes to put it in a really like corny way. Like I it's just getting to know yourself. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and I think it, it it's the first rung of the ladder in in, I mean, accepting that, you know, there is something to address and that it can be addressed. You know, I think it, it, it's empowering in a way, in a sense that, well, actually, I don't have to just be a victim of this thing. I don't have to just put up with it and not understand anything about it. There are there are things I can do. There are steps I can take to to address this and to help other people, you know, do the same thing. How's your anxiety been over the pandemic and lockdown? Um, it's been up and down. So I was very anxious about doing this podcast all day. Um, so you know, little things like that will will make me anxious. But I'm sorry to hear it, that. We're, we're fairly no, 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 we're fairly no, relaxed. No, no, not at all. What, watching, you know, watching a horror film will do the same thing. It's not that I'm comparing this to a horror film. But, um, cool. No, <laughs> yeah, I I get anxious about all kinds of things for for that you know should be pretty straightforward. But uh, you know, I'm, I I never allow myself to not do it because I'm anxious, um, like I used to. Um, but I mean, if I'm very honest, life hasn't been all that different. Um, I, you know, staying in is is pretty normal for me. Um, I bury my head in books and write, and I've, you know, I've got, I've got loads of work to do. So it, it's given me an excuse to do the things that I'd probably quite like to do anyway. Um, so when the when the government was saying um, go out and eat out to help out, were you basically do you completely ignore all that stuff? Entirely absolutely yeah Yeah, me too yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah oh, I, I did just... the exact opposite I went all out for it well that's good I mean the economy needs that but no for me I was like yeah I'll let other people do that Be- beans on toast is fine have you been kind of addressing lockdown and the pandemic in your poetry um not so much in the in the poetry that I've been publishing on Instagram mm. but I write I write a lot of longer pieces that um I mean, Instagram just isn't the best format for publishing long form poetry. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I, I have. I've written a, a chat book about lockdown and about its its impact on me personally. And, and you know, and hearing the, you know, I watched every single daily um, government update when they were doing those. Um, I'm not sure that was the best idea, but, it, you know, you're sort of grimly fascinated by the whole thing. Um so yeah, I, I used poetry as a way to sort of document that that three or four months um, in in lockdown, which hopefully is 
although I'm aware we're in a second lockdown now, but hopefully it's a, a period of my life and our lives that, that we're hopefully never going to repeat again. Yeah, seems like a really good way to, to process it. That was one thing that I was thinking I should do you know, at, at the time. And even now I sort of think, well, I should. It's not it's not like you and sort of writing great poetry and all this sort of stuff. But I keep thinking, oh, I should write a diary or I should sort of write about this time, maybe for posterity, but also just to kind of process it, you know, and get my head around it. Absolutely. I, I think that's I think that's a really good idea. You, you should do that. Um, so in that vein, do you have any tips and advice um, for listeners who might be thinking about getting creative and doing some writing and in particular, obviously, poetry um, during lockdown? Yeah, I, I think the the key with anything is to is to just start. Um, it, it's really easy to to think one day I'll do that or, oh, you know, I'm, I'm not sure if I'm good enough or, you know, I don't have any training. I don't have any any formal training in, in poetry. You know, it's I think it's really easy to, to put things off and to find reasons not to do creative things. Um, so my advice to anyone is is to just start to just grab a, a notebook and a pen and and write it. You know, it does if it comes out as poetry, as prose, as a diary. You know, journaling is really beneficial. Um, I think to just to just dive in um, and do it and and see where it takes you. Uh, and I'd also recommend people read a, a lot. Um, there's there's so many great poets and. You know, beyond poetry as well, journalism and, and, you know, novels and literature and, you know, films, even music. There's so many places to take inspiration that can feed into into your own creativity. So I, I make time every day to, to read and to write, um, which is great. It's, it's brilliant. It's, it's an excuse to just say, yeah, I'm turning my phone off. I'm turning the TV off. Nobody bother me. I'll, I, you know, I'll, I'll be at my desk for the next two or three hours. Who are your favourite poets and are there any in particular that you think can, um, or any, are there any poems in particular that can offer comfort to people um, at the moment? Yeah, so my, personally, my favourite poets are um, Ada Limon um, is almost certainly my favourite. I, I read her books over and over again. She has a really beautiful, almost conversational style to the to the way she writes that it doesn't it doesn't feel like you're reading poetry and, and they're so beautifully written. So certainly her um, Ocean Vuong is, is just an absolute revelation. His, his use of language and his ability to, to use words in ways that you just never would have thought they could be used like that. And they're, they're more beautiful because of it. Um, and then there's lots of sort of, contemporary poets I like um Will Harris is brilliant Phil Kay um, there's a, a musician called Keaton Henson who is I think of as really well known but people don't seem to have heard of him that much but he's he's written uh, a poetry book uh, he released it uh, last month actually called Accident Dancing which is just absolutely stunning um in terms of of individual poems um yeah, that's that's quite a hard question. I mean, anything anything Ada Limon writes, I, I find really comforting and and homely. And um, I can't think of any specific sort of lockdown esque poems that that might make you feel better at the moment. But um, maybe next time I'll come on, I'll be, I'll have one prepared. 
I think also you can read around because I think some people will want like specific to lockdown stuff and some people want like pure escapism. So it's difficult sure. to recommend something that works for everyone. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for saving me on that one. <laughs> it's fine. We'll check out Ada Lamont though. She sounds real. She's brilliant. Yeah. I think we're sort of nearing the end of our time, unfortunately. I need to, to dash off. Um, but is there anything else um, you'd like to add um, in terms of uh, where people can follow you, uh, what you've got coming out, and yeah, just generally how people can find out about your poems and your work? Yeah, absolutely. I'm more than happy to self-promote. Thank you for that. <laughs> um, yeah, so people can follow me on Instagram. It's just Blake Orden Poetry. Um, my website, blakeorden.com, has both of my books, um, Beekeeper, which I released in September, uh, which is available now, and Tell the Bird She's Gone, which I released last year. They're both self-published. And I've just signed a publishing deal with a uh, fantastic publisher in Canada to release my next book, which is called Murmuration, which will be out autumn next year. Fantastic. Congratulations also. Yeah, yeah, Thanks. congratulations. That's, that's brilliant. Yeah, um, it, was, it was really nice. So this is goodbye from Mentally If you've been affected by any of the things we've been chatting about today, give the Samaritans a ring. You can call them on 116123 or you can find them online at samaritans.org. If you've liked today's episode, please give us a rate and review on iTunes and come join us on Facebook. We have a group called Mentally Yours and on Twitter we're Mentally Yours spelled Y-R-S. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavourless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well. Hello Fresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.